Okay, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Our topic this morning is a servant's heart. Lord, I ask you to give Doug Bradley your anointing. Help him to say the right words. Fill his mouth and his heart with the words you once said. And help us to receive them. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today is a servant's heart. And just, I want to actually give a prayer out to everyone that they would receive this and that they would act, that they would just come to really understand the heart of a servant. Um, Lord, I actually just, I pray to you to ask that everyone will receive and that they would come to and understand what a true servant's heart is and what they would actually need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is a servant's heart? A servant's heart is stuck on a slide. <laughs> so in Matthew twenty twenty six and 27, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So in Jesus' kingdom, greatness is found in serving. Now, what is a servant? What is a servant? A servant is one that serves others. And this would look kind of funny or, you know, just kind of familiar. But, yes, it is one that would go and serve others. So, what are some of the qualities of a servant? Patience. Communication. Empathy, listening, stewardship, persuasion, foresight, awareness, humility, self-awareness, integrity, decision-making, emotional intelligence, accountability, coaching, Caring, courage, honesty, collaboration, entrepreneurship, a commitment to others, appreciation, commitment, and compassion. But that's not all. These are just some of the qualities of a servant because there's another one, leadership. And not all of these particular qualities start out. You don't start out with these particular qualities. Some of them are developed over time. Not everyone starts out as a leader, but it might be developed. Now, I'm going to go through just a few of the qualities of, the, of a um, servant. And the first one I want to go over is... Patience. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. That's Psalms 37.7. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, 
for about five years of time, I practiced Japanese sword. And one of the things that they had us do during doing Japanese sword was you would, um, the style I studied, part of it was live cutting. We actually did real cutting with real swords. So we would understand how the sword worked. And you did not start out cutting. You started out helping, watching, and understanding. You had to be the first person to jump up and run out there and pick up the most smelling nasty thing ever and put it in the trash. But eventually, it, it, take, it took me about eight months before I was invited to start cutting. So a lot of people know this, and this is what we call the now generation. This is, we want everything now. We have devices that will give us everything now. But that's not the way God works. God doesn't work right now. It takes time. I mean, look at this. The now generation did not even take the feathers off the chicken when putting it into the microwave. Now. <laughs> so I want people to really think, how long would you really wait on the Lord? God said you were, something was going to happen to you. And that's all you know. Didn't say how long. Just said it was going to happen. How long would you wait? Would you wait a year? Would you wait five years? Now look in your heart. Look deep in your heart. Would you wait five years? How about ten years? Ten years. That's a long time. That is a very long time. Now I'm going to really jump it. Thirty years. Would you wait? Would you really wait 30 years? You just know something that's going to happen. Let's take a case in point. And just as a personal, prefer, uh, personally, I waited 37 years. But did I really wait? No. I turned my back on the Lord. But I thank the Lord that he brought me back and brought me to where he wanted. Thank you, Mama Leslie. Case in point, Abraham and Sarah. As an example, God told Abraham he was going to have a son. Didn't say when. Didn't say how long. He just said he was going to have a son. So what happens? He didn't wait on the Lord. What happens? He got Hagar, and he had another son. Hagar proved to be a big problem. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But what happened afterwards? He had a son from Sarah. She was 99. God can do anything he wants. So what comes after patience? What? Courage. So be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Psalms 31:24. So what does courage really mean? And if you guys know the character, that's courage the cowardly dog. 
perfect for this. And what does courage mean? Mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Another case in point. So we have the cowardly lion here. And, you know, it was a meep, 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 meep. But what happened when he got his heart? He roared. He roared like he's supposed to. Are we supposed to be cowardly? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says that we should be roaring like a lion. We should not be introverts. We should be, we should be out there. Now, what do I have next? Honesty. So, Hebrews thirteen eighteen, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience, in all things willing to live honestly. And what does honesty say? What is it really? It's to speak the truth, and act truthfully. Now, I want same thing. I want everyone to really look deep inside themselves. Have you been honest in your life? I can literally say, no, I have not been honest. And that's probably one of the things I'm down on my knees praying to the Lord. You know, buckle up that belt of truth. Exodus 20.16 actually says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. It's another reason why we have to really look at ourselves and say, are we honest? Are we truthful? Do we want to take that next step and not, you know, to teach that? Now, the next step, I really wanted to look a little bit at compassion. And I wanted to take a step into looking at compassion. And what does Ephesians 4.32 say about it? And ye be kind to one another. He doesn't say just the body. He says one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So what's the actual definition of compassion? The meaning of compassion is sympathetic consciousness of others distressed together with a desire to alleviate it. And in Psalms it also says, Psalms 86.15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plentiness in mercy and truth. Compassion is something that a lot of people don't have nowadays. And it's something that's grown. It's something that is, as you are, you know yourself. And it's actually really deep in my heart to understand and help and want. There are times I'm on my knees and I'm not praying for this person or this person. I'm praying for everyone. I'm praying literally for everyone. I want everyone to be saved. But they don't want to be in God's presence. But I still want to pray for them. I still want to hope. 
Exactly. You have to. It doesn't matter to me if they are the worst blasphemous person in the world. My heart cries for them. My heart wants them to come into the presence of the Lord. Wants them to see God. That's my heart. And another that's really near and dear to my heart. Humility. Second Chronicles 7.14 Stan's favorite verse. <laughs> if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's really powerful. You break it down, that is very powerful because humility is it's it is a freedom from pride or arrogance. The quality or state of just being humble. How many people are willing to get down on their knees and pray or humble themselves before the Lord? So I want to give you a bit more about myself and give an example of some of the things that have happened in my life. Um, there was a time and uh, a time in my life where I was doing Kudo, which is Japanese archery. And um, the, the instructors there, it, it came to a point to where I was the first person in the dojo I was the last person out of the dojo. I would get down and clean the floors. It didn't matter to me, but I respected my instructors and I did everything I could for them. When we had dinner, I was the first person to jump up and get out there and do the dishes. It didn't matter to me. It, I, I didn't really care. Now, I've, my instructor probably had words with other people about me getting up there and doing it, but still, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me because I wanted to get out there and support and do things. That's how I look at humility, is I'm supporting, you know, whether if it's myself or just, it's just the Lord. I want to come to him in all humility that I possibly can. I want to take a look at the apostles now. So in Romans 1.1, 1, 1, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, and Titus 1.1. 1, 1. Now this is funny. If you look, 1.1.1.1. 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. Paul, he called himself a servant of Christ Jesus. And in Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, he also refers to Timothy as a servant. In James 1.1, 1, 1, James refers to himself as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Jude 1, Jude refers to himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. But what does Paul say about being a servant? So in 1 Corinthians 7, 21 and 22. And yes, thank you, Jonathan. I had to start putting funny animations in. <laughs> 
1 Corinthians 7.21, Art thou being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. But is that statement right? I was researching this, and as I started to research this, I have, um, towards my side, I have my Greek and Hebrew and translations and concordance and all this stuff. So I pulled out my concordance, uh, Greek and English translation. I started looking, and it pointed to G1401, which translated from Greek is doulos. And... Doulos, translated, when I actually looked it up, it said, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. Doulos, property, or properly someone who belongs to another. A bond slave or bond servant without any ownership rights of their own. So it's not just a bond slave, it is a bond slave or bond servant. Ironically, 1401 doulos, or bond slave, bond servant, is used with the highest dignity in the New Testament. Namely, of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. But what is a bondservant or a bondslave? A bondservant or doulos, one who is subservient to and entirely at the disposal of his master, a slave. Often translated bondservant, servant, or slave. The Hebrew word for bondservant, ebed, had a similar connotation. Now, I don't know if I pronounce that right, Pastor Stan. <laughs> so, I want to give a little bit of history so people don't get a misconception about what slaves mean or are. Um, in the um, Hebrew tra- traditions, they had two different sets of laws. One was the law for Hebrew slaves, and one was the law for Canaanite or prisoners of war slaves. And the Hebrew slaves were around if they owed something to someone or, and they could not pay it back or they were, best way to put it, down on their luck or you know, they just did not have wealth or did not have any type of money, they would actually look to become a slave under someone. Now, I want to make this note, and this is, very important there were good slaves and bad slaves there were good slave owners and bad slave owners and in the old traditions if the slave owner was bad especially to the hebrew slaves especially to the hebrew slaves there were there was heck that was going to pay they were really going to get in trouble but i want also people to understand that slavery is not the same as it was what we have our conceptions on. What we really think 
about slavery nowadays is not the same. It's totally different. Being a slave was like just being a normal butler or servant. When they, uh, when a Hebrew slave was uh, bought or to be used, they were there for six years. On the seventh year, the year of Jubilee, they were to be freed. They were a free person then. But they had a choice at the seventh year. They had a choice. And the choice is in Exodus 21, 5, and 6. But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children, do not want to go free. He doesn't want to go free. He wants to serve. Then his master will take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be a servant for life. Now, a lot of people don't know what an awl is. This is an awl. They would take it right here, right through the earlobe into the doorpost or a door. Now, as Pastor, I was talking with Pastor Stan earlier today, and it is a, um, when you get pierced through an ear, you can always see that it's pierced. Uh, when I was younger, I pierced my ear, was a dumb kid, <laughs> but you can still see the piercing right here in the ear. Never goes away. So you're marked. You're literally marked for life. Literally. Now, I want to make... Uh, I have a question for everyone. Who would rather be marked by God? Who wants a permanent mark from God? To step forward and actually be marked by God? To have here. I would hope everyone would want to raise their hands, or both hands actually... To say that, yes, I want to be marked by God. But there's a couple things that you have to do. And um, to be marked by God, you really have to make a profession to God saying that I love my master. God is our master. He is our master literally at the end of the day. And he is... we. We should ultimately say, I, I will say it even, but I love my master, and I want to serve him for life. There's no offense buts about it in my heart. I want to serve God for life. Thank you, Mama. And in this church, we do a prophetic act. And here, if you want to serve God for life, you want to be marked by God. You want to take that step and say, I love my master and I want to serve you for life. I'm going to have us do a prophetic act, but I'm going to do a demonstration of it. And we have some alls here in a little, uh, little basket. <laughs> and then we have a nice small piece of wood. 
what they do is they would take the awl and drive it in. Just like that. And they would do that to a doorpost. I got to look a little bit uh, for the awls for ancient times, and ooh, <laughs> they were they were not as nice as nice and small as these. It was nice. It, these are not. There we go. That one right there. It is. They were thick. They were really thick, and they were, you know, you think about how big it's going to open up right here. But, you know, you ladies, you know how much it, it hurts when you get that ear piercing. And it must have hurt because there's no, it, it's not a quick like that. They drove it through to a doorpost. So you have to be willing to take the pain, too. So, um, I'm going to get ready to invite everyone up. If you would like to come up to demonstrate to the Lord that you want to be marked by him, that you want to take a step further and be marked, that you profess your love for him and that you're going to serve him for life, I invite you to come up, uh, get a small piece of wood and an awl, and go ahead and do the prophetic act of driving the awl into the piece of wood. What we do is then also go ahead and leave the piece of wood there with the awl. And I ask, and ask you to humble yourself before the Lord. Come before the Lord and it doesn't have to be long. Just a few moments with the Lord letting him know that you love him and that you want to take those next steps with him and that you're going to serve him for life. And you can put these to the side after you're done. And I, after, the, after the meeting, after church today, this is, a, uh, this is for you. This is a reminder for you. As Stan had done his, uh, the golden bricks that we did for the prayer closet, I want you to take these away with you. I want you to have a reminder that you've made a profession to the Lord that you've made, I can even just say it this way, you made a vow to God. And a vow, don't take, don't take lightly. I don't take it lightly. But you made a vow to God that you're going to be with him forever, no matter what. doesn't matter. All right? Yeah, just wait till after church, and you can pick it up, and it'll be waiting for you right here. So... I'm going to play this song. Um, please go ahead, line up. And if um, it's a beautiful song, but it's done by um, Jennifer Joan. She's a Korean, and she plays the most beautiful violin.
thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, and, you know, sometimes to me, just the sounds of the music instead of the words, just it brings out a lot more and just a lot more emotion, a lot more feeling, a lot more that I can just come to the Lord because it's not all about feelings or emotions. So what can I do now? What now? I've made a step and a profession of love to God. I've told him I'm going to be with him for life. And um, what can I do? Um, for me, yeah, I want to take my step further with the church. I want to be able to be more of a servant here at the church. Um, and do what God wants me to do. And now we're going to actually open up the mics for each side. And if you have something to say, you want to say, what can I do now? What can I do for God? Whether if it's at the church or outside of the church, it doesn't matter. But what can you do for God? So if you have something you want to say, please. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to just say, this is what I'm going to do. So. Go ahead, Gail. I believe that um, I need to do more, show more, show mm -hmm. God's love to my neighbors, starting with my neighbor on the left and the right, and move outward. Evangelism, yes. Yeah. Anyone else? I'm going to do more to encourage my children and teach them the ways of the Lord and set that better example. <clears throat> yeah. Good. Okay, great. Anyone else? One more time. And so does anyone... Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, praise the Lord. I want to do more for the church. More, put more of my time. Pray more. Amen. Evangelize more. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Oh. Yes, I plan on doing more. I mean, I've tried for years. But while I was up there praying a minute ago, I visually pierced my ear as a bond servant, but also pierced my heart, too, to put my whole heart into it more than I've ever done before. Mm -hmm. Amen. Any questions, anyone? Does anyone have any questions? Okay. Pastor Stan? I know I'm going to get 20 questions. <laughs> no, uh, we were talking yesterday, yeah. and I think the whole idea of slavery is out of balance. I think it's all messed up. I mean, I, I think that the employer employee relationship in America doesn't always work. In other words, sometimes there's people that are better than 
what they're paid for. In other words, they're paid at this level, but they're really here. In other words, the employee-employer setup that we run on in America is not exactly right. On the other hand, there's other people that because they what's the minimum wage now? What's seven fifty or something? Uh, something yeah, like that. Something okay. Like that. Because they're not worth seven dollars and fifty cents an hour, they won't hire them, so they can't get a job. So then, what do they do? Well, they might be homeless on the street. They might be someone that's standing in line at the the bread places, or they might be receiving disability. And so, I think that the employer-employee relationship is not working. I personally believe that the government needs to get out of it. I don't think that they should be telling people that the government, that the employer has to have a minimum wage, okay? If I were an employer, I would realize that there's some people, this person I might be paying a dollar, a dollar fifty an hour, and I might not be getting but a quarter's worth of work out of them. They might be someone that just leans on the broom all day long, but it's better for them to lean on the broom all day long than to be homeless and just think of themselves as worth nothing. And I also see that in the the world of the slave versus the slave owner, the way it's supposed to work is when I was in school, probably grade school, they told us this story. They said many of our forefathers came over, and this was to, from, from England or from France or someplace like that, and the way they got here was basically says, we'll work for food. In other words, they went to the ship owner, and they said, all right, I will agree to be an indentured servant. That's what they called them. Remember that? Some of you remember that, indentured yeah. servant? Maybe you, you were taught that. And they would take a piece of leather. And they would write out, I agree to work for whomever for seven years until, you know, such and such date. Same thing on the other side of the leather. And then they would cut it in a jagged line like that. And then the, the person got one half of it. The ship owner got the other half. And so they then sailed them across the blue over to America. And then they literally had... I guess you'd call it slave auctions. Mm-hmm. And the color of their skin had nothing to do with it. They, the ship owner stood up there and says, okay, who wants this leather? And it's a boy or a girl, or, you know, what, whatever it is. And they negotiated with the ship owner to buy that piece of leather. And this person had agreed, okay, fine, I will work for them for seven years in exchange for me to get a ride over to the new world. Now, if, the, if the, the new slave owner was Christian, and in that case, in our case, most of the ship owners, most of the slave owners, and most of the slaves that were coming over were Christians. And so they treated them good. I mean, I recently, at my 70th birthday party, my son and his wife had done extensive research into our family history going back to 1587. I mean, it was like six foot wide, four (laughs) foot tall, all these little boxes, all these little people. What I was interested in 
is that many of them came over in the late 1500s and early 1600s. And several of them were like 1620. Well, <laughs> 1620 was, you know, those are the dates of Mayflower and the starting this country. And I was most interested to see their, their first names. There was a few Johnsons, by the way. But there were a lot of Christians. Ebenezer, Elijah, Matthew, a lot of Christian names. And the way they worked was because the slave, the ship owner was a Christian, the slave owner was a Christian, and the slave was a Christian, it worked. Okay? The slave owner treated the slave good, and the slave did not despise and hate his master. The slave went out and mm-hmm. did whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. In other words, it worked. Now, someplace in there, the devil came in. And he decided that he was going to make the slave owners really bad. And there was probably some also in there that were some slaves that weren't very good either. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's kind of like divorces. In a divorce, they're both wrong. There's not a divorce where it's totally one side is all wrong, right? But in America, through our wonderful media that always tells us the truth, that would never lie to us, has made the whole employee-employer is the best, and the whole slave-slave owner is very, very bad. But I personally have seen people in my life that it would really be... The, the employee employer doesn't work for them so much. They aren't worth the $7.50 an hour. So they just totally drop out of society into homeless or disability and you know they don't do anything. If, they, if, they, if the government were out of it, the devil were out of it, there would be business owners that say, look, okay, your job is to clean this hall. You just sweep this hall. Okay, and they don't make much. But it's better than being unemployed. It's better than being homeless. Whereas if they, if the slave owner and slave work together, there are people in the world that would actually fit... I'm about to make some people very upset. There are, there are some people that actually would fit into slave-slave owner better than they fit into the employee-employer. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. It's because at the end of the day, it's really about helping your fellow brother and sister. Right? That's what it's really, really about. And just like the slave has to say, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm going to do the very, very best that I can. I remember when I first got my first job at Gibson's Discount Center, Odessa, Texas, $1.60 an hour. And I thought I was getting rich, man. I purposed in my heart I was never going to look over my shoulder to see if the boss was looking. I was acting as if the boss was always looking. And I purposed to do a really, really, really good job. And they said, well, we're only hiring you for about 30 to 60 days just during the Christmas rush, and then after that you'll probably get laid off. Well, there was a lot of people who got laid off, but I was not one of them because I was always working. Now, I was a sacker. And if you talk to Leslie, even to the day, I can sack them groceries fast, man. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> make a devil sack of I did a good job get him out back in you know and I, I didn't look over my shoulder on the other hand the slave owner has to say you know what I'm going to see that you're taken care of mm-hmm. and when the devil gets into it then he turns and says ha ah, the slave slave owner that's no good but of course now what is he doing Ha! Ah, the employer employer that's no good you've got to have a minimum wage they can't work over 40 hours a week you're just so bad to them right mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's about helping the other person slave slave owner employee employer they all got to work together and the devil gets involved and comes and tears it up. Yes, sir. Is that right? Yes. yes, sir. So what we're saying here today, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, love not and they love not their lives unto the death. That's what I just said to the Lord. I said, you know what? I already said, I'll go to the end of the world. I'll do anything, say anything, go anywhere. You died for me. I'm willing to die for you. But today I say, I say it in the natural. Mm-hmm. I'm yours. Amen. You paid too much for me. I'll never be able to repay you back. I will do what you want me to do. Amen. That's what this says to me. I will go. I will do. And I will be faithful at it. I will be a good slave. Amen. I'll be a good employer or employee (laughs) and that's what we're saying here today right yeah that's what we're really saying you don't have to look over your shoulder at me you don't have to check on me I'm going to do it the right way Mm -hmm. amen amen thank you sir good job thank you thank you pastor well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, Sunday. We're welcoming you to the Spirit of Prophecy Church here in Plano, Texas. Those of you watching online and those that live here in the area, we're so happy that you're here today. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of an unusual church, just from what I'm hearing. Uh, I don't really go to other churches, so I, I mean, you know, when I go visit my son in Ohio or something like that. But um, you know, we definitely are a little bit different. Give me hold it. Thank you. And so I just you know, just want to let you know that, you know, we, we are all about giving you meat most of the time. And so if you want some meat, you don't want to just be milk fed, then join us and, and also join us online and also come and, come and stay with us. Come here and visit with us. You know, don't just come and just visit one time. Come at least five times. See if this might be the church for you. We'd love to have you. So a few announcements right quick. Got my hands full. These are my beautiful granddaughters. Um, so we do have our church service really does start at 930 because we have we are a training and equipping church. So we have some really good information, really good uh, speakers, really good ministers coming into you and speaking to you at 930. So I encourage you to come and join us at 930 every time. Uh, also on Thursday, September the 21st will be the intercession. If you haven't signed up for that, do that. And, oh, men, how was your breakfast yesterday for the men's gathering? Uh, well, a 10 out of 10? 
All right, let me let me try it with the ladies here. Ladies, how awesome was it when you didn't have your husbands around for a little bit? Yeah, there we go. I was like, <laughs> it was good. They, I mean, you know, there were several of us ladies there because they had to, uh, we had to work on some hum, on the Honduras stuff. And, you know, nowadays you can choose whether you're going to be male or female, right? So we chose to be male for a little bit just to get our eggs. Then we went back. <laughs> All right, now we're female again. So <laughs> it was great. Um, I think we're good. I think if you haven't signed up for the level one training, profit training or level two, you need to do that. Um, also, um, we, we still need people to do prayer and fasting for when we go to Honduras. There's some, there's some pages here that don't have anybody down, some dates that nobody's on, on there. So please sign up. Come here. Come here. And also the fellowship sign up. We'll hand those around. Okay. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Let me see if there's any. Oops. There it goes. <laughs> I think people just tune in just to see this part. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> How cute can she be? Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> All right, now I've got to find out where I'm at. Okay. All right, come on up here, Pastor Luke. So you can hand these to your mom, and she can they can pass that out, okay? Thank you. Morning, church. So I have been asked to do a healing and deliverance conference, which we have done before in the past, and you online can come. It's going to be in Richardson. I'll just read it. Uh, Apostle Lou Young and Prophet Sunni Young, Episcopal Church of the Epiphany, which is on 421 Custer Road in Richardson, Texas, Saturday the 30th, uh, 9 to 5. And um, we'll have some food. I don't know if we're going to feed you a full-blown lunch, but you'll have something to eat and drink. And uh, this is put on with the Cambodian uh, pastors is really how it all started. So since we are on the Cambodia mission team, anyway, um, we'll be talking about, I, actually, let me just tell you how it's going to go down. We'll, we'll probably start out with praise and worship. We will do some ministry, some teaching, and when we're done, we'll, we'll uh, cast out demons. Yes, we will. And after that, we'll pray for healing. And we will have time for questions, and it's hands-on. It's, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't been to one of these things, I encourage you to come. So it's only a one day. So you can, if you're out of town, you can come in, and uh, you can even book a motel and uh, hang out an extra day. Okay, so church. I welcome you to come. The 30th, <laughs> the Saturday, 30th. the 30th. So all of you within the Level 1 training, you are free that day. You could go to this, and I would encourage you to do that. For those of you that are... That, and he has fire, so we can hand those out. So those of you that are in level two's training, you're meeting me here. And I find out that you went there instead of here. No. Uh, you will have your opportunity with um, uh, Lou and Sunhi in your training class again, both both levels. So that'll be more one-on-one. Um, so uh, I, we haven't done this in a while. Tomorrow, come on up here. I wanted to just kind of get to know you a little bit better and have the people to get to know you a little bit better and ask you some questions. Can we get a microphone for her, please? Yeah. Tomorrow, 
I know. I'll be president, you be vice president, and we'll change the world. Not really. I, 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 I quit now before I even start. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you, Tamara. Um, so for those of you that don't know me or my name, my name is Tamora Holloway. I've been going to this church probably three years. Um, I have been a flight attendant for almost six years. I work out of the DFW airport. I love it so much. My favorite destination that I've been to so far is probably Lima, Peru. Um, beautiful. The people are amazing. I know, right? <laughs> Um, yes. And so which airline? Can you say which airline? Um, Spirit Airlines. Why Lima? Um, well, I was six months in to working, still on probation, and it was my first international destination. Mm-hmm. Do you get to go international very often? Yeah. How yes. often do you get to go? Oh, man. I'm on reserve, so it's 50-50 where they're going to send me. Okay. Hot, cold, right around the corner far away who knows do you do you love them lap children i love the kiddos they're probably my favorite part of the job they listen better than people my age <laughs> so i'll take them any day yeah uh, sometimes mostly your co-workers though oh yeah nobody knows that but it's the people you work with okay <laughs> any other questions there you oh, go. Man. The ones I've heard about um, <laughs> <laughs> that I have not yet been to. I think um, I would say Haiti is a yeah. totally, entirely different country, different people. Yeah. Do you work with the same people on every shift or is it different people each time? Nope. Every day is different. Every trip is different. Yeah. You could work with someone your first year and not see them three years in. <laughs> How yeah. is the, how's the maintenance of the airplanes in your opinion? <laughs> yeah, we all want to know how the maintenance is. It's wonderful, right? It's great. When we call, they answer the <laughs> same day, usually. Uh, could be hours in between, but they come eventually. <laughs> yeah, back here. <laughs> Jet lag. You just get used to being tired. You get used to it. <laughs> I got in at 6 this morning, and I'm still, I'm here, <laughs> deliriously here. Where did you fly here. in from? Oh, my goodness. Um, I started Saturday morning at 1045, and I went from Dallas to L.A., L.A. to Kansas, Kansas back to L.A., and then L.A. here this morning. <laughs> and she's here with a smile on her face. Right. Praise the right. Lord. So that takes all the excuses away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, Chris. Ah, <laughs> now you would ask that. <laughs> I'm all out of buddy passes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just bring the little tokens next week. We'll take them. If, the, if you came with family, right? Like your some yes. family. Yes, my um, nephew has all my buddy passes, and he's he's 12, and so he was really little when I started this job. And he every time I see him, he's ready to go. Ah. <laughs> he always wants me to take him somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm you know the same height as about 12 year old. Maybe a little shorter, but I'm about the same. No. All right. Well, we thank you. Is there anybody else that has any other questions? What, what hobbies do you like to do? Oh, um, I like to read, and I love to go hiking. Ah, mm-hmm. wow. I didn't know yes. that. Are you married? No. Ah, she's not yet. See this beautiful girl here <laughs> with this beautiful smile 
And I can attest, she is amazing. A sweetheart. We all just protect tomorrow. So you better be a good person or out the door you go. <laughs> we, yeah, we have, yeah, you will have, you'll have to go through quite yes. a committee of people. So, you know, just say, yeah, this is the right yeah, one for tomorrow. Yeah, several dads, <laughs> many dads, true. and a lot more moms probably. Yep. <laughs> Anybody else have questions? I saw, no, we're good. Okay. All right, well, thank you, tomorrow. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. It's good to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. We do praise the Lord for you, tomorrow. She helps out in so many areas and also helps out in the, the sound booth. And just whenever she is in town, she's here. And so we just really appreciate it. All right, well, I think it's time for offering. No, i got to pray first. Then I want to come for offering. Y'all can come on up here. Let's stand. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, this beautiful day in, in Texas, here at our church. And, Lord, we do thank you for the men and women and children of this church. Lord, we ask that you continue to bring in others that are like-minded and are supposed to be part of us and be part of this congregation and also uh, increase the numbers that, are, if, that watch and are participating online or their members online. We thank you for them. We thank you for them all. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to the people before they get up here to minister to your people. And, Lord, we ask that in the name of Jesus, that if there's anybody watching that just needs a healing touch from you, you are the great physician, that you touch them right now, right where their bed is, right now where their need is, right now where their need, whatever their need is may be, just touch them now and heal them. We thank you for it. We thank you for the testimonies of what you've done. And also, Lord, I just ask in the name of Jesus, you just encourage each person that is here today. And that they would have such a love in their heart to just share the love of Jesus wherever they may go. And we give you praise and honor and glory. And we say thank you. And yes and amen. Amen. All right. It's time for offering. It takes a second. All right. Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's have a waking hallelujah in here. All right, so we're doing, um, we're, we're coming here with the prophetic acts uh, with offering. So we come in and deliver to the storehouse. So in Proverbs 3. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so I get music with that. That's amazing. That's awesome. I will take it. All right, Proverbs 3, 9, it talks about how we can honor the Lord with all our substance, right? And all the increases of our first fruits, and he will, uh, he'll make our vats overflow. Amen? So if you always get, if you get an orange and you squeeze it with all your might, what comes out? Juice. Orange juice, right? If you get a Christian, you squeeze that Christian with all your might, what do you get? The fruits of the Spirit. That's right. So let, let's go ahead and get squeezed and squeeze out your, your, yourselves over here. <laughs> Praise God. In the purple basket. Okay. Purple basket is tithes and offerings, and then the blue here is Honduras. Praise the Lord.
Father in heaven, we thank you for this finances that pour in to our storehouse from the windows of heaven. And I ask you to accept it and bless it. It was given with joyfulness and ask you to receive it in joyfulness. Also bless back the people who gave in both offerings, Lord, and let them have peace and safety upon their family as they go back to school this season. And also speak to them and let them know and hear your voice so that they know and understand that you're with them. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Heavenly Father, we come before you, and may this be pleasing aroma to you. May it go far. May you continue to take these seeds and grow them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's time for praise and worship. All right, it's time for praise and worship. Hallelujah. Are you guys excited? Are you free? All right, let's turn these lights down. Let's spread out. Let's have fun and praise his glorious and mighty name because you guys are free in Jesus' name. All right, let's go ahead. Lord, we lift up to you a sweet sound into your ear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let there be joy, strength, Encourage in the name of Jesus. Let's put our hands together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging seas. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the beggars, 
Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. Thank you, Lord. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house because you guys are free. Come on, let me hear you singing. I am free. Singing, I am free. Are you free? Let's stand up. Let's spread out. Let's be free in Him. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on along. We are free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes, it's true. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is peace. There is love, come on, there is joy, saying it is for freedom, it is for freedom you set us free, yes it's true Lord, saying it is for freedom, it is for freedom you set us free, come on church, one, two, three, I'm free. I'm free, hallelujah, I'm free, I'm free, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, <laughs> yes it's true, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and there is peace where there's peace there's love there is love where there's love there's always joy there is joy come on singing it is for freedom it is for freedom you've set us free yes it's true love it is for freedom you set us free come on one two three i'm free cause i'm free cause i'm free 
living. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. Come on, are you free? Get those feet to moving. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. All right, now we're going to dance a little bit. Here we go. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, let's wake up our neighbors. Nice and loud. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, One more time. Here we go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Sing, it is for freedom. It is for freedom you set us free. Yes, it's true, Lord. Yeah. It is for freedom you set us free. One, two, three, I'm free. Come on, let me see your hands nice and high. Don't forget about those feet from dancing. All right. Here we go. Stop. Stop. Because <laughs> uh, I'm free. Because I'm free. Walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. We will walk in your freedom, walk in your liberty. Come on, take a dance with him. We will dance in your freedom, dance in your liberty. Come on, church, let me hear you. Are you free? Come on, are you free? Dance in your liberty. Come on, now we gotta sing it nice and loud, singing on free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. One more time, here we go. I'm free. Cause we're free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. We look to you. We turn our eyes upon you, Lord. Let hear the cries of their hearts. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you by the stripes upon your back. Now the reasons we are here and healed today. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken And I'm accepted You were condemned I'm alive and well Your spirit lives within me Because you died and rose 
continue in that heart of worship. Lord, you are worthy. Oh, you are. 
for this time we can come and praise and worship your mighty name. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we can shout it from the rooftops with freedom and with joy. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. You may be seated. I would like for those, um, you may be seated, for those that have um, the husbands and wife here, would you get together and uh, ladies, I would like for you to lay your hands on the men. Let's pray for them. Because we need it. I also would also like for those that um, are married but their wives are not here, can you raise your hand? Okay, so um, so Michelle, go ahead back there with David. Um, so I'd like for some other ladies to just, okay, Onhi and Marty, that we need to have you stand in the gap here some. And then also for you, Gloria, we need some man to stand in for Willie. Can you go find the men that raise your hands again if your wives are not here? Raise your hand. Okay. And also Michael. One's Michael, one's Marcus. Also, um, so right, Marcus, right there, Oni. Oni, right there. Mm-hmm. And then um, for you, Eni, we got uh, Joshua right there. It's Josh, right? Josh, right there. You stand in for Peter. And I need somebody to stand in for Willie by, by Gloria. How about you? No, I need a man. I need a man to do that. Okay, Bill. So let's just just begin to intercede and pray for them. And if some of you are standing in the gap, Lord, we just know in the name of Jesus that these Christian men are becoming what is trying to become non-existent. They're being put down. And Lord, we, we say right now, they are the head and they are not the tail. They are the leaders. They are the ones that will conquer And I just want to encourage you, each one of you men, that you be strong, you be able. You're men of mighty valor, and we look to you to be our leaders. We look to you to be our God, and we look to you to have the word of God inside of you. So, Lord, I ask right now that wherever they may go, wherever they may go, that the countenance of the Lord is upon them. And that many will be drawn to them to, to seek them out to say, I just need a hand. I just need a prayer. I just need you to just pray for me because I know you're a man of God. Lord, let there not be a question whether wherever they go, whether they, they are a Christian man or not. And Lord, for those that are not married, the same thing is happening to them. They're being put under the feet of many and being scoffed at and mocked just as you were. Lord, we just ask right now that they will be lifted up. Lifted up into the eyes of society, into their workplace, and wherever they may go. We say we need these few and faithful men. We need them, and we desire them, and we pray for them, and we honor them, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You you may be seated. Thank you all. You know... um, you know, just something just is on my heart and I'll, you know, before, I, before I get to pray for Stan here is that, you know, it came to um, 
an email to me. I think Stan has sent supported it to me. But everybody's not everybody. There's so many people out there. They're trying in Christian churches. They're trying to figure out um, how the Holy Spirit works. For example, um, they're going to study quantum physics to figure out how the Holy Spirit works. It is just you know that goes back to my question: When did the gospel become not good enough? When did the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit become not good enough? You know, it's he. They are. They 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 are here. They were. They're forever. And so we don't need to study quantum physics. You just need to get in your Word, the Word of God. You need to get on your face. You need to pray. You need to seek out the Word of God. Seek out the Holy Spirit and ask Him to speak to you. Do tune up that still small voice. Amen. Amen. So. For those of you that are in churches and they're starting to teach that, I'd run. I'd run. You know, so many times people are stuck into the religion or they're stuck into um, their home church because the family, their friends, and others go there. They were raised in that church. And they were raised in that church. And they might be, there might be all kinds of blasphemies going on, but they stay there. Why are you staying where the devil is? I don't understand. I don't understand why it's that way. So you need to be strong. You need to be saying the word of the Lord is here in this place where we are at. And you need to seek out those places where the word of the Lord is being taught. Amen. Amen? Yeah, let's give the Lord praise. I guess that was my (laughs) admonishment to people. But, you know, this man of God, I just I know today that he's just going to take us back to the Word, help us to find out that it's true. The Word of God is true. Amen. And we will seek your face, Lord, and we will seek your truth. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you just speak to Sam from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, and that he had the words to speak the Word of the Lord to us. Open up our ears, our spiritual ears, to hear the Word of the Lord today. And help us to remember what you have said to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And this morning we say, great and marvelous are the works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We will cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to look into our hearts this morning, and to set our set, set our sail, to set our jaw, you might say, toward pleasing you and walking in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So, does anybody want to guess what the talk is on this morning? You won't get it? I was shocked. Okay, I won't even make you. You, you wouldn't get it. So, I was shocked. So I dropped my knees yesterday. Lord, what do you want to say? Not what I want to say, not what the people want to hear. What do you want to say? And I heard it real clear. It was so clear, I said, huh? He said, I want you to tell them about my living will. 
Lord, what do you want to <laughs> What? I never heard anything to do with living will with Jesus. Yeah, well, there is. Tell him about my living will. Jesus has a living will. Okay, all right, what's a living will? So I looked it up. A living will is a legal document that others, uh, to tell others what your personal choices are about the end of life medical treatment. It lays out the procedures and medications you want or don't. In other words, if you were to have a heart attack and you had a living will that says don't resuscitate, they let you die. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'd need to go back and pray. I may, maybe I didn't hear from God on this one. I don't, but I kept reading. Living wills indicate your wishes for the use or the, the continuation of life-sustained treatments. They're used if you become incapa- incapacitated and unable to communicate the way you normally do. An element advanced caring. A living will is a legal document that provides special instructions on how to carry out your wishes to receive or decline such. Okay, 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 okay. Nah. Nah, I need to go back and pray. Then he began to speak to my heart. He said, no, that is what I want you to talk on. My, I didn't say your living will. I didn't say people's living will. Talk about my living will. And then he began to do a download. So Jesus' living will, and I'm going to ask you to keep it positive because I'm about to ask you to fill out your living will. Now, no, no, not that. Not Don't resuscitate or things like that. I'm going to ask everybody to get a three-by-five card and a pen, and Michelle is getting those to you, or Eric, or soon he, or perhaps Michael is helping everybody get a three-by-five card and a pen. We have plenty of pens. Three-by-five card and a pen is simple, but this is going to be really important to you. Not playing games. You're, when, we, when you walk out, you will carry this out, and you might even carry it with you, and you'll be able to fold in your purse for a long time. It's going to be very important. Very important. Three by five card and a pen, please. Now, before I tell you the answers here, you write them in. Okay, in other words, in life, what do you want? Second question would be, and how do you want it to be at your death? See, because Jesus has the keys of hell and death. He decides who dies, when they die, how they die, why they die. So, what is your will for your life? One sentence. Three or four words. Doesn't even have to be a complete sentence. It's just between you. You're not going to turn this in. No one's going to look at this but you. Sam, so can you, this is kind of distracting, so what is the first Okay, so the first one is in life. In other words, what kind of a life do you want to live? What kind of a life do you want to live? How do you want your life to go? I'm going to give you mine in just a second. First, before I give you all the correct answers. No, no. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Chris laughed at my joke. So how do you want your life, in your life to go, and at death, and afterlife? And then the afterlife, fill in at least three things. In other words, in your afterlife, once your heart has stopped beating, what do you want to ask of the Lord? What are your goals, you might say? In your afterlife, give three by five card, Leslie, and this is going to be important. You'll like this. 
Oh, the children, okay. Well, you'll like it. Living will. I never thought of it this way. I never heard anybody talk on it this way. But this can be important for you. So in life, what do you want? At death, what do you want? In your afterlife. Write down three things. There's not a wrong answer. No one's going to read it. You're going to walk out with it. What do you want? Sixty seconds. Thirty seconds. That's a smart lady. She's writing it in her checkbook. That's a good idea. Okay, I see. When you're done, look this way. I can see most of the people finish. Okay, let's go on. So this is the way I answered it. This is Stan's Jesus living will. In life, I want Psalms 91. So I'm going to briefly cover that. He that dwelleth in the secret place means he that has a prayer closet. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, I want to be protected. I will say the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust, not vaccinations. He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noise of pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth should be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the COVID. Oh, I mean, the, the terror by night, nor of the air that flieth by day, nor of the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth the noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, and they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. And because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high. Set him on high. In other words, we do well in life. Set him on high because he hath known my name. He'll call upon me and I will answer him. I want him hearing my prayers. I'll deliver him, honor him. I want this. I want long life. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I put number one, Psalm 91. Next thing is I want my death to glorify his name. And my request is no pain. That doesn't mean I'm not willing to because... They were came by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. It does not mean we have to die for him, but it means we're willing to. Afterlife. I want the believer's crown. Bible says, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all those that love his appearing. See, there's another scripture that says, All the tribes of the earth shall mourn because of him. There's going to be many people. Most people, when Jesus returns, will mourn. They will not be happy. And he hid themselves in the dens of the rocks and cried to the mountains and rocks and saw it fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sat upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who should be able to stand? Most people are not going to be happy to see Jesus bust those clouds wide open, but he's going to. I look forward to it. As a matter of fact, I don't want to be on the earth looking up. I don't want to be coming out of a grave looking up. I want to be riding on a horse with Jesus in front of me, with two angels with sharp sickles, with the angels in heaven. All right, this is a good place for an amen. Okay? Right? That's what we want. We want to be riding with him, right? I want the crown of righteousness. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, when the Lord has promised him that love him. Have you been tempted? I have. So, when we've been tempted, and look at when that Antichrist shows his face at that point, all of those that do not take the mark of the beast, in my opinion, my understanding, will become overcomers. And that is the greatest thing in the kingdom to get, to become an overcomer. Eight things you get becoming, for becoming an overcomer. I also want to receive a crown of life, and I also want to meet the two witnesses. I want to be able to go up to John, and I think there will be a very good possibility in my lifetime that I'll be able to meet him, meet the two witnesses. I want to go to John and say, John, I memorized your book, buddy. I just want to shake hand. I memorized it. <laughs> I'm a little afraid to do that because these are two very powerful servants of the Lord. It's almost like... Uh, can I talk to you? <laughs> Do you mind if I don't? <laughs> Be very, very careful. But I want to meet the two witnesses. I also want to go to the marriage supper. Why? Because if you get to go to the marriage supper, you are not touched by the second death. You already know you're saved. You already know you're going to get eternal life. You go to the marriage supper. So let's talk about the marriage supper. I think a marriage supper is like really, really, it's what a lot of people think is the rapture. But the rapture by definition, is protecting people from going through any of the, the testing or the trouble. Okay? So it's not a rapture, but it is going to take place just prior to Jesus returning. From my uh, studies, this is my, my chart that I have on the wall. This is the way I think it'll happen. So the next time we see Jesus is going to be here on First Fruits. This is where... He arrives and he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They are the barley harvest. And they walk around with Jesus for about 50 days. During this time is when the angel flies through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth. To every people, nation, language, and tongue, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and worship him that made heaven and the seas and the fountains of waters. This is their last opportunity because here is the wheat harvest. This is when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
This is what a lot of people would call the rapture, but again, it's not a rapture. It's not protect. At this time, most Christians are already dead. I think probably less than an hour already be dead. But we will be going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we are only given a white wedding garment. That's all we get. We don't get any crowns. We don't get a glorified body. Only a wedding garment. Jesus, however, this is, and I'll show you the scripture in just a second, so I'll skip that part. Jesus is given many crowns, a vesture dipped in blood, and a white horse. We're also given a white horse. And for about four months, Jesus comes forth. First of all, he's crowned king of kings, lord of lords. He comes forth and serves us for about four months. I've got a feel that's going to be some kind of a supper. That's going to be a nice celebration. I want to be there. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to see him change from Lamb of God to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I want to see him change from becoming the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to see him brought before the Ancient of Days. I want to see that moment. Then, about four months later, he's given a white horse. We're given a white horse, along with the two angels with sharp sickles and also the armies in heaven. So, when we see Armageddon, we were going to be on a white horse, looking from the sky down, watching our Jesus take care of all of the sin on the earth. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. The marriage of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made his marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Who's bidden? Well, first it was the Jews. They wouldn't have it, so he went to the Gentiles. Matthew gives it this way. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom, skipping five verses. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready. Notice this word. Ready. Notice that word. Remember that word, because I'm going to show you that word in another scripture that's important. Those that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Now, what's the difference between the ones that got to go in and ones that didn't get to go in? What was the definition of ready? Well, they had to have oil in their lamps, right? What was the oil? I believe it's, I believe it is works. Yes, they'll have the Holy Spirit too, but I believe it's their works. They were serving the Lord. Now, I beheld the thorns. This is when Jesus is brought before the marriage supper. This is for the coronation. You recall they just coronated, I almost want to wash my mouth out when I say this, King Charles. They coronated King Charles. Well, they're going to coronate Jesus. And that's what, these are the scriptures talking about it. Beheld to the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did set. Whose garment was as white as snow, and his hair and his head like pure wool. The throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousand ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. What is that? In other words, at that point, when the judgment is set, that means he's about to return. It means that they are that no one else gets saved, no one else falls away. Judgment is set. The books are open. I beheld till then the voice of the great words which the horn spake, and I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed. Notice it didn't say his soul was destroyed. 
his body is destroyed and given to the burning flame. You remember when I saw the beast, small, I saw the beast stand before God, back up, wrong scripture. I saw the beast and the, and the armies of the world, I saw the beast and the kingdom, kings of the world, get the right one. I, there's about three different verses that start the same way. I saw the beast of the kings of the earth gather to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, with which he had deceived them, that had received the mark of the beast, and those that had worshipped his image. These both were cast into the lake burning with brimstone, fire and brimstone, and the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. That's the morning star. We'll talk about that. So when it's saying the beast is slain, his body destroyed, it didn't say his soul is destroyed. His body is destroyed, but he's tossed into the lake that burns the fire and brimstone, and he is tormented day and night for all eternity with no hope of escape, along with, so it's the beast, false prophet, Lucifer, and those people that take the mark of the beast. Again, we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man came to the clouds of heaven, the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. There was given him dominion, glory, and a kingdom. That's our Jesus. That all people, nations, languages should serve and obey him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. This is a picture of Jesus being brought before the Ancient of Days. Still talking about the marriage. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, of the voice of many waters, the voice of mighty thundering, saying, these are the first words we say. When we see Jesus face to face, for the very first time, these are the words we will say. Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Remember that word? Got to be ready. And her is granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. What do we get at the marriage supper? A wedding garment. Clean and white. Fine linen is the righteousness of saints and he saith unto me, right. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, I want to have Psalms 91 life, glorify my name, no pain. Believer's crown, crown of righteousness, crown of life, and any other crowns. There's a crown for pastors, crown for soul winners. Give me all the crowns you can get, right? Amen. Right? It's the way we want, right? Okay. I want to meet the two witnesses. I want to go to the marriage supper, and I also want the morning star. You can get the morning star? Yes. Here's how. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. I mean, you don't quit. As long as your heart's beating, you're serving him. To the end, and him shall I give power over the nations. What is the power? It's the morning star. He shall rule them with a the rod of iron as the vessels of a potter. They shall be broken to shivers. This is powder or ashes. Even as I received of my father, and I give him the morning star. I'll show you. And I will give power to my two witnesses. The two witnesses have the morning star. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. What sackcloth? It's animal skin. Yeah. And most of the time it's dyed black. These are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, here it is. This is the morning star. Fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devour their enemies. In other words, they go... Somebody attacking them? Oh, we don't like what you're saying. 
Well, right now, they go and arrest people. You wouldn't like what you're saying, or they delete your channel. <laughs> but with the two witnesses, they just go, boom. I mean, a fireball hits them, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. How do you know it doesn't burn bones? Because in Ezekiel, it says they hire people, and it takes seven months. People of continual employment takes seven months to bury the bones of the people killed in that one battle. If any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of the mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man hurt them, men must in this manner be killed. Now let's jump to 22, Revelation, I, Jesus. Notice it says, I, Jesus. It's not an angel. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel. So it's not Jesus in person, it's Jesus' angel. Sent, I sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David and the bright. So he's the bright morning star. But we can get the morning star. We can get it. Got to keep his works to the end. Bright morning star. Then you jump to Isaiah 10. He shall consume the glory of the forest, of his fruitful field, both soul and body, and they shall be as when a standard bearer fainteth. What's a standard bearer? Okay, so when someone's standing at watch, they're, they're watching the wall, and they just faint. They just drop like a wet noodle. That's what it's going to be like when they get hit with that morning star. They just drop like a wet noodle into a pile of ashes and bones. Whosoever shall fall on that stone, that's talking about Jesus, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, I will grind him to powder or ashes. This is talking about the standard bearer fainting because they got hit with the morning star. You've got to put it together under the anointing. So, I want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I also want to see the day of the Lord, but I don't want to see the day of the Lord from the earth. I want to see it from the horse. Right? See, this is a good living will, right? What we're doing, hopefully, is setting in your heart to set some goals. Hopefully, some goals you haven't thought about getting, doing more for the Lord than what you had thought in the past. So let's talk about the day of the Lord, the day of his vengeance. I have trodden the winepress alone. Where was Jesus crucified? At the winepress. So he's going to bring all of his enemies down to the same winepress, the same ground where his blood was shed. He is going to shed their blood in mass. I've treading the winepress alone. Now, why is alone important? Him and the two angels, which are still him, are the only ones that fight. We're his bride. We don't fight. We just watch the slaughter. We watch our, our king become victor. Okay? Alone, and of the people that were none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger. In other words, nobody helps it. Just Jesus and the two angels, which I'll show you. And trample them with my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled on my garments, and I will stain all of my raiment. So when he is coming down, he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And his vesture has been dipped in blood. And his, it was his own blood that was shed on the cross. So it has a little spot of blood. But when he gets down there using the morning star... And also his two angels with sharp sickles, his, his garments are soaked in blood. The blood of the sinners. 
For the day of vengeance is in my heart, verse 4, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld. And I will tread down the people in mine anger, and make them drunk in my fury, and I will bring down their strength to the earth. Now let's talk about the parable of the householder. Here are the parable. <clears throat> there was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, that would be the world, and hedged it about and digged the winepress in it and built a tower and let out the husbandman and went to a far country. So this is basically the father sending Jesus down to bring the gospel to the people, delivered the gospel, and then he went to the father and he left it up to us. And he gave us power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen. And we're supposed to be victorious. Amen. And mankind has failed, but he knew we would fail, so he has it all planned out. Here's the two angels. I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like, like, it's not the Son of Man, it's one of his two angels, like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and his hand a sharp sickle. And another came out of the temple, saying with a loud voice to him that sat on the curtain. Now notice it says another angel. So this one's the angel, and another angel's about to come out. They're angels. Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to the reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat upon the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. So there's two angels having sharp sickles. Now, I've had people, and I, 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 mention, I failed to mention this in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. When I get emails, this is the number one question I get. They say, what's the difference between the tares and the grapes? I say, okay, well, here. Tares grow among the wheat. We're the wheat. So the tares are the ones that are sitting in the pews that can't keep themselves awake, that find the, the Word of God boring, and they just go to church because their mother drags them or something in that ballpark. Whereas the grapes, those are the nations, they don't have any Christians, hardly any. They don't want Christians. They, they shun Christians. They won't let them build churches. Those are the grape nations. In the world, you don't find grapes growing among wheat. You find tares growing among wheat. But in the vineyard, there is only grapes. So the difference is, and I had one guy walk up to me at one of the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, and he says, Stan, he said, you said that the morning star, when that hits them, they fall to the ground and pile of ashes and bones, right? I said, correct. He said, then you want to tell me how the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs? And I smiled. I said, you know I have the answer, right? <laughs> he said, I figure you do. I said, yes. I said, because Jesus uses the morning star, which is like a light laser. It goes to the center of the earth. It sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down a steep place. The, the channels of the sea are seen. But the two angels with sickles slash the grapes. And the grapes are those nations coming down to attack Israel for Armageddon. And though the whole world comes down to attack Armageddon, they will not be successful. Another angel came out of the altar, 
which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth. For her grapes are fully ripe. I've done a whole talk on why I feel like it was not an apple that Adam and Eve ate. There's only eight scriptures in the King James that talk about apple, and none of them are that the apple is bad. But there's about 350 scriptures that talk about vine and wine press and wine and getting drunk. You know, Noah got drunk. and So vine or wine press or grape, all of that is talking about sin. So when he says the vine of the earth, he's talking about I'm gathering the sinners of the earth for her grapes or the people are fully ripe to be slashed and destroyed. <laughs> and the angel thrusts in his sickle into the earth and gathered. Is this interesting? Okay. Gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. Wine press? What's he doing? His two angels are going to kill every one of them. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And us? We're on the horse, right? Giddy up! Go get him, Jesus! Right? Amen. We're not looking up. Amen. We don't see the, 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 the clouds roll back like a scroll but from this angle. We see the clouds roll back like a scroll from this angle. We're looking at the back of Jesus' head, the two angels. The armies in heaven are someplace. And all of us, all together, we're all saying, go Jesus, go Jesus. The wine press is trodden without the city. Why is it without the city? Because Jesus was crucified at the wine press, which was outside the city. He's brought them down to shed their blood right where they shed his. And the blood came out of the wine press, even of the horse bridles to the space of 1,600 furlongs. And I saw heaven. This is it. This is us with Jesus. I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And by the way, there's going to be a whole bunch of other white horses behind him too, Amen. right? Okay. He said upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He did death, judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His head were many crowns and he had a name written which no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, his own blood. His name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven. Follow him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. You're going to be there, Justin, and there's not going to be a wheelchair. Instead, what's under you is a horse. Right? White horse. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He should rule them with a rod of iron. What does that mean? He says, at the Feast of Trumpets, after he's burned all the tares, after we've already got our crowns, we're going to get many crowns, after we've already got our garments, this is not wedding garments, this is our eternal garments, and our glorified body out of our belly flows rivers of living water. After all of that, then he says, He smite the nations, he rules them with a rod of iron. And he tells the nations, who are the nations? The nations are those people, they didn't receive the mark of the beast, so they're not tossed into the lake, bringing the fire and brimstone. But, they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the corners of the field not harvested. So, they didn't take the mark of the beast, so they're not tossed in the lake of fire. 
uh, or they didn't receive Jesus. So he says, okay, to you corners of the earth, here's what the deal is. I'm going to allow you to live, but you must not sin. If you break one law, see these guys over here? (laughs) These are the Morning Star judges. They will show up and hit you with the morning star. You'll fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bone, destroying body and soul right there, right then. So that is their judgment. Then at the end of the thousand years, Satan should be loosed out of his prison. He goes out to deceive the nations who are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire from God out of heaven came down the morning star. Fire from God came down from heaven and devoured them. So they get up to a thousand years to live. That fulfills the scripture. It says that uh, an old man will not, there will not be an infant die uh, of days and an old man should not fulfill his his years. Uh, The lion will lay down with the lamb. The child shall lead them. Yeah, it's not us. We're in glorified bodies. We're living in the New Jerusalem. Those are the people, those are the nations, and they will bring their glory and honor into us. And I believe that glory and honor is, see, in the New Jerusalem, in eternity, I should say for the thousand years of the millennium, there is no sun. The sun has gone out and it never, ever, ever relights ever again. Instead, that glory that Jesus blew down glorified the earth. You can't find darkness any place. In him there is no darkness. And so the earth is glowing constantly. There is no 24 hours a day. There is no night. Okay? It's just constant. He's wiped away all tears. No more death, no sorrow, no crying. Neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away. We're in a glorified body. We are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance to its perfection. We are loving everybody. There is no sin. Any place. And so the nations bring in fruits and vegetables and the things that probably grapes are this big around. Bananas, you know, the size of canoes. <laughs> and what do we do? We get the leaves of the tree of life because the leaves are for the healing of the nations. They don't get to eat the fruit. The, 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 the tree of life bears 12 manner of fruit and yields her fruit each month. We get to have the fruit. He also leads us into the living fountains of water, and the water glow, comes from the throne, and it flows down through the, uh, the street where the, 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 the tree of life is, which bear 12 manna fruit, yield fruit, fruit. Okay, so the tree of life. And then that water keeps on flowing on down the mountain because, see, the new Jerusalem is that there's only one. The earth is a nice round smooth ball. No more sea. No more mountains, no more hills, no more valleys. Everything is nice and smooth. And there's only one mountain on the whole earth, and that is the mountain of the Lord. That is his mountain. And on top of that is the New Jerusalem. Now, there's been some questions whether the New Jerusalem was in the shape of a pyramid or whether it's the shape of a square. But the, the King James does say uh, four square. So I want to believe it's square. Now, it's... How big is that? It's about 250 miles, by 250 miles, by 250 miles. It's 250 miles square. That's a, and it's made of pure gold, clear as crystal, 
clear as, as, as glass. You can see right through it. And by the way, it doesn't have any doors or windows. Why? Because we don't need them. It does have a wall great and high, 12 gates made of each gate out of one pearl, but each gate's got an angel standing there, and nobody gets in except those people whose names are written in the book of life. Amen? Okay. Now, back to what we are talking about. Uh, the rod of iron. If they sin one time, that's it. But if they don't sin, they're allowed to live up to a thousand years, and then Satan is loosed, and he draws them, and poof, they're gone. So they never get. They don't ever have an opportunity to receive Jesus. They never have the opportunity to get their name in the book of life. They're allowed to live up to a thousand years. And he has on his vesture, and on his vesture here, and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings. flesh of kings and the flesh of captains the flesh of mighty men the flesh of horses and then that sat on them the flesh of all men both free and bond both small and great and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army and the beast was taken with him the false prophet which wrought miracles before them with which he deceived them had received the mark of the beast and then they had worshipped his image and these were both cast alive into the lake burning with fire and brimstone. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse. The sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. It takes them seven months. All the fowls of the earth takes them seven months to eat all of the people that come down to attack Israel. And we're going to see this in our lifetime. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of us get to see that. So, what is Stan's Jesus living will? I want to live a life like Psalm 91. I want my death to glorify his name and be nice if I go with no pain. As far as afterlife, I want all the crowns I can possibly get. I want to meet the two witnesses. I want to go to the marriage supper. I want the morning star. I want to see the day of the Lord on a horse. And I want Daniel 12:3, where it says, Those that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So, I think that's a pretty good living will. Yeah. Now, you might want to look at your three by five card, maybe add a few things to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll leave that up for a minute. How many want to go to the marriage supper? Absolutely. Absolutely. How many want the morning star? That'd be pretty nice. I want to see the day of the Lord. Amen. As lightning shineth even from the east unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of the Man be. That's the morning star. In other words, it looks like lightning. It looks like laser beams firing through the, uh, the sky. Two should be in a bed. One should be taken. One should be left. One that's taken means they turn to ashes. Two are in the field. One is taken, the other is left. One is taken, is burned right there. I'm giving you a chance to fill in the blank on some of those things. Maybe make some notes of them. Is this good? Yes. Good to think about, right? Yes. You don't think about this stuff. 
Only us crazy prophecy teachers think of this stuff. Okay, a few more minutes, a few more seconds, I should say. So that's my living will. As far as do not resuscitate, resuscitate, do not resuscitate. Um, I think Leslie and I already know how we're going to go, you know, so that's not applicable. Here's the scripture that I put out of place. They that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. I want that. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Fire came down from God and devoured them. I quoted that, so we'll go on. Shine as the stars forever. So fill in your Jesus living will. Any others add that? Okay. Fill in your Jesus living will. And I'm going to leave the scriptures up there, but I think too many times us preachers do too much begging begging people to ask Jesus into their heart. Begging people to get saved. But I'm going to put you on the other foot this morning. If you don't want to be tossed into the lake burned with fire and brimstone, if you don't want to spend eternity with the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer tormenting you along with the fire and brimstone, then I would suggest that you set up, pay attention, binge in years forward, as like my dad used to say, and ask Jesus to forgive your sins. He loves you, but he will destroy you. He will toss you in the lake that burns the fire and brimstone. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So I would recommend strongly that if you're watching live or if you're watching this as a rerun many years from now, I'd recommend strongly that you look at these verses you ask Jesus to forgive your sins. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. When I came back to the Lord, I said something real simple. I said, all right, Lord, I made a mess of my life. But if you'll forgive me, give me another chance. From here on out, I'll read your book and I'll follow your book. And he answered that prayer. If you do ask Jesus into your heart, send me an email to this email address. And also, I'd recommend you become a member by going to prophecyclub.com or spiritofprophecychurch.com. On the bottom left in the blue area where it says become a ministry member, if you'll click on that, you can fill that out and you can become a ministry and join us. Why do you want to join us? Because if I may be frank and bold and just direct for a minute, Prophecy Club, Spirit of Prophecy Church, is going to win thousands upon thousands of souls. As the Lord said to me, July the 14th, 2008, 
audibly that night. He said, when those prophecies, I gave your wife, began to come to pass, people from all directions began to turn and listen to your ministry. He's given me a dream and a vision of speaking in sports stadiums. I believe one was Kansas City. I believe one was the AT&T Stadium here. I think that God is going to give our ministry lots and lots and lots of souls. If you want to share in those, then you want to be a part of our ministry. Yeah, but I've got to give. I'm not telling you to give. I'll just point you to the Bible. The Bible tells you to give. <laughs> Matter of fact, you might read the rest of it because it also has a few other. By the way, did you notice he didn't call them the Ten Suggestions? The Ten Commandments? Number one was, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. Okay? Also, if you'll click like, share, and subscribe, it'll help this message get out. Lord, we thank you that you've talked to us about making our Jesus living will, setting goals for our life and also for the afterlife, for eternity with you. Now, Lord, help us to reach those and more. Help us to go to new levels we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen.